book is called Srila Prabhupada Slokas. There must be verses that Prabhupada would like to quote. He didn't quote this one too much in, in the Sanskrit, but it comes in the second chapter of the first part of Bhaktivasamrita Sindhu about sadhana bhakti. So, please give us your, what is your well, inspiration? Well, the inspiration is that uh, depending on your orientation, you could use this for the type of surrender that you went, you know, theoretical surrender, before you were really, you know, you thought that that's, yes, that's what I want to be able to uh, to see the form of the Lord and, and be able to give up attachments. But without realization, at a certain stage it would be artificial to do that. Although you, you may be charmed by, by the theory of it and uh, make some uh, endeavor for that direction without proper uh, uh, realization of your position. Although you like the idea, but you're not really able to uh, do it and also in the sense that this could be used as a way to motivate people to take a position that they weren't really uh, situated in. In other words, you can say, you know, you should, so many verses are like that. They're, they're very high and you, and you can, can speak it to a devotee in a way that uh, may not take into consideration their actual realization. So, because you know, it's, it's a wonderful verse and I remember... Rupa Goswami is, of course, using a poetical poetic device here and saying that he's encouraging people to go and see Krishna, to have the darshan of Krishna. But he's saying it in a, in a reverse way. Don't go there, because if you do, then everything will be lost. All desirable things for the ordinary person will be lost. I have a younger brother. I've told a story before. Some of you may have heard it, but he once came searching me out because I had disappeared <laughs> into uh, Prabhupada's mission. And uh, he was living in Chicago, so he came to the Chicago temple, and, and I wasn't there, but he met some devotees, and they, so they were excited. It's, it's Tripurari Marsh's brother. <laughs> so um, they began to speak to him about Krishna consciousness and all what was involved. And then he had a very poetic response at the end. He said, it is as if I had painted a picture of my life, my future, my prospect, in watercolors. And your words are like rain on the canvas, and the whole thing is melting, becoming meaningless. <laughs> nice response, huh? So that's the idea of this verse. He's saying Krishna is all attractive, so beware, buyer beware. <laughs> if you get too close, then you'll be finished. So he wants great interest. He's daring, daring you. He wants to say that Krishna is, as his name says, all attractive, irresistible. What else? Yes? As the devotee progressively surrenders and progressively purifies heart, consciousness. This is regarding the doer at that point, the progressiveness of who is doing what. Uh, as one becomes more of a transparent medium, then Krishna is 
we're not the doer of anything anyway, whether we do as a result of the influence of the gunas or as we become more and more purified, then Krishna uh, progressively is uh, we're more of a cooperative, allowing things to be done through us. Uh, as that process continues, at what point we, we, we in effect, uh, are losing, we, we lose ourselves, our self is dissolving. Uh, the question is about the doer in that process, as we are, as we're dissolving. What happens to him? Yeah. I mean, the, well, that doer is, the false doer is disappearing. That's, uh, right. And the real doer is appearing, and the real doer is Krishna. <laughs> yeah. The modes of nature are acting only, um, but proportionate to the extent that we give ourselves to Krishna, then we see him as the actual doer. And that's the proper vision. Even in Leela, so he's the doer. That means Veda Ved, so you become one with Krishna. And desire means you have no separate desire. Then you're in a position to be, if you will, used by him to express himself in Leela. So he expresses himself through the devotees. That is his sport and a particular desire to serve him in a particular, particular way appears in your heart, but it's not that it's not in his mind already. You understand? So, Leela is like this. You know, we talk about it often in terms of the bade, the difference, and we emphasize that point so that we will not be misunderstood. Krishna, Leela will not be misunderstood as it is by the uh, Advaitins. So we like to emphasize the difference. There's a difference between the jiva and um, Bhagwan, between Atman and Paramatma. But we have to also remember that the metaphysic is we are as much one as we are different and at the same time. So the union in Leela, in love, is a dynamic union through which then Krishna expresses himself in Leela and we are the instruments. Do you understand? Yeah, we are, we are nowhere. We are tata. Neither here nor there. And largely a product of, then of our environment. So if we associate with material nature, then we become like matter. So much so that we even reason ourselves away. Poor reasoning, that is, but it happens. And um, if we associate with Krishna, that, mean, that means through bhakti, through the descent of sarup shakti, then we become like like that sector, like the Sarup Shakti, and able to function in that realm, to have a part in that realm. Sarup Shakti is very generous. It's like the uh, it's like a welfare state. Everything's provided. Everything's taken care of. So uh, anyway, our position is, like I say, almost neither here nor there. But we are largely a product of our association. There's, I mean, there's, in between there's nothing. Right? They say... Tata, the line on the beach that demarks the water from the land. So you can see it, but you can't touch it. You can either put your finger on the land or the water. Right? So Tatasta Shakti, this name has been given marginal. It means like this. Tata means the beach, the shore, the bank. What's the sort Shakti? The water. <laughs> and the land is the Maya Shakti. So. Surup Shakti means Krishna's in, in proper terminology, 
uh, internal energy. External energy, marginal energy, internal energy. So internal energy means Swarup Shakti. <coughs> marginal energy is Maya Shakti or Mahiranga Shakti, outside Shakti. There are different names it's called. Tatasta Shakti, sometimes called Jeev Shakti. Swarup Shakti. So this is the Lord's nature, if you will. It's like the, if he's the moon, it's the shine. You can't have moon without moonshine. And they all, that Krishna Chandra, he drinks that moonshine. And so he's lost under the influence of his uh, Swarup Shakti. He's lost to his sense of godhood largely by the influence of that Ingalok in the Brajalila. So to come under that influence, therefore the particular expressions of the Swarup Shakti, the dominant expressions, are embodied in different persons, like Dushodamai is in charge of the, embodies the Vatsalya Rasa and Sridham, the pure Sakya Rasa and, and Malita Vishaka and so forth, this way, um, Madhurya Rasa. So they are all embodiments, of, they are Surup Shakti, they are not like the Jeev Shakti. We come under their generous influence, then we can function in that realm. So our self, our highest prospect, if you will, is a result of coming under that influence. You see, just like Prabhupada used to say that Krishna's energy is one, but it can function different ways, like for heating or for cooling. So he would say, Yoga Maya, Mahamaya. Right? Electrical energy is one, it can heat or it can cool. So Krishna is the primal Godhead. He's the Swayam Bhagwan and from him emanates the Swayam Shakti. And from the Swayam Shakti, then there are so many variations. Just like there are so many incarnations of Krishna, so there are so many consorts of Krishna, to give an example. So this fountainhead of all Shakti, that is Radhika. So in a larger sense, she presides over all Shakti. In a more, a closer look, she personifies and presides over an aspect of the Surup Shakti, the Ladini Shakti. But in a larger sense, she's the source of all Shakti. So, from Radhika, so many souls are emanating to participate in the Lila, like all Kaya Vyuha, these are all expansions of all different gopis. There are so many different gopis in Goloka, all different, maybe 360 kinds of different moods listed in Ujjval Nilmani. And they are all expansions of her. Even Chandravali is an expansion of Radharani to serve Krishna in a particular way. She's the supreme satisfier, pleaser of Krishna through her expansions and so forth. Then you have other, as I mentioned the day on Baladev Puning, then Baladev in charge of the Vatsalya Rasa, Sakya Rasa, Dasya Rasa, Shantarasa. So, so many souls. All these souls that are in this route, they're all... Swarup Shakti. So in a broader sense, you could say they're presided by Radha, therefore Jai Radhe. Vrindabhaneshwari Radhe Ijai, we sing. Now, then, with regard to the principal Shaktis, if you will, Swarup Shakti, Jeev Shakti, or Tatasta Shakti, and Maya Shakti, right? Internal, marginal, external energy. So this internal energy, the Swarup Shakti, 
being the source of all shaktis, this jiv shakti or tatasta shakti, the marginal energy, is a partial manifestation of the swarup shakti. The maya shakti or the external energy is a distorted manifestation of the swarup shakti. They have their origins in, in, in that Sarup Shakti. So, what is Sarup Shakti then? Ladini means ananda, joy. Samvit, cognizance, knowing. Then you have uh, Sandini, existence. Hmm? So, this is a super kind of existence, the Paravyam, the spiritual world. And there's a super kind of knowing that goes on there. Jeeves know their relationship with Krishna. The, the, the entities there, they know their relationship with Krishna. And there's a super kind of joy that goes on, called Ladini. And that is the whole of the, the Leela. Now in the Jiva, because the Jiva is a marginal energy, a partial manifestation, this uh, Jiva Shakti comes from Mahavishnu. As the Gita says, Tasam Brahma Mahadunir Aham Bija Chaitanya Charitamrita is described in greater detail and in so many books. He has a Leela, Mahavishnu. What is it called? Shristi Leela, the Leela of creation. And he's the one who, then it is talked about in the Upanishads when it says, one became many. He became many, so he became many. Why? For Out of joy. Lokavatu Leela Kaivalyam. The world is manifest out of joy. There's no purpose to it. It's, this is a leela. Hmm? Therefore, you can't make sense out of it. Don't try to. Yeah. I mean, don't try to fit it all inside of your head. You'll be defeated. Not possible. So, the souls involved here, they, we call them Tatasta Shakti. They go by different names. Badajiv, the conditioned soul. Because although he's one, becomes many, the many are small. And in relation to material energy, then that becomes problematic. Then he comes as the savior. So many avatars. He expands as Garbhadakshay Vishnu, makes a particular universe. Then the Jeeva's positions are sorted out in the world. Then as Shuradakshay Vishnu, he enters into the universe in his own planet, and into each atom, each soul, and from him come so many avatars. Like Brahma went to the shore of the ocean milk, they prayed to this Vishnu, please descend, there's problems. In the creation, there are problems. So this is his, this is where he gets the opportunity to be compassionate, God. And he's all things, so he must be compassionate. So he shows compassion to the Jiva souls. So these Jiva souls, they're a partial manifestation of that Sarup Shakti. And the Leela, the Shristi Leela, is, is really, you know, in a lot of respects, not much of a Leela. <laughs> it's a dream. His Leela is a dream. So you don't give it as much credence. <laughs> That's just a dream. He's lying there. His leela is to sleep. He's not dancing, playing a flute, consorting with the gopis and so forth. He's sleeping and dreaming the world. And so, <laughs> they're a partial manifestation of Sarup Shakti. That means whatever's in the Sarup Shakti must be in them partially. So, they exist. They have some power of knowing. And they have some potential for being happy. But without being in touch with the Sarup Shakti, 
the power that the the extent the nature of their existence the measure of their knowing and the extent of their joy is limited they have greater potential but that potential is not realized unless they have the right association so that means they exist and there's no death we exist there's no dying we have permanent existence we can know the extent to which we exist and that will that will end all fear we're fearful because we don't know the extent to which we exist we could talk about it but we don't know it so they're poor busy trying to protect ourselves so when we know the extent to which we exist it means self-realization then you can ride with that bumper sticker that says no fear <laughs> otherwise it's foolish to, 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 to say such a thing you should be afraid so we exist we can know the extent to which we exist and we can know that we exist for for a purpose the purpose is joy to be happy but the extent of our joy unto ourselves is limited so we can have brahmagyan this kind of knowledge and brahmananda knowledge that I'm I'm brahman in the sense that I'm spirit not matter and there's some inherent joy in that but it's limited i mean it's unlimited but <laughs> it's more fully manifest in lila with bhagwan and the existence is super extraordinary it's not a still static existence sitting forever peacefully knowing that i am I am I am for so long I lived thinking I was not or might not be now I know I am I am there's some joy in that but it's all indirect that's like the positive value as I've said before of negative numbers in relation to of zero I should say in relation to negative numbers zero takes on a positive value when we're looking at it in comparison to negative numbers so this is possible for the jeev but there's the jeev has greater possibility has greater possibility therefore we say its swarup is inherent because this is inherently it has this potential swarup means to live in the lila to be part of the drama of krishna lila to have a part there so that's inherent in us and those is we have that potential if we have the right association so the guru parampara is the channel through which this comes to us to which bhakti comes to us and bhakti is constituted of swarup shakti so in connection with that then with the ingress of swarup shakti then we can rise from sat chit ananda to experience samvit in the fullest expression or sandini samvit ladini and this is this is like this is then a god realization not self realization now we go down further on the ladder we have the maya shakti so there's Let's, let's say material forms they exist but not for long hmm? they heard that and gone tomorrow so there's a distorted this is a distortion of the of the swarup shakti in terms of the sandini aspect and then there's the knowing some bit so there's knowledge in the material world but from the broader perspective it's all ignorance and there's joy happiness but if we look carefully at it we find it's really sorrow it's a sorry fair dukkha yonaya evate krishna says that sense gratification which is what the world's about 
these sense, uh, senses are object, are they, are they, they give birth to misery, dukkha, yonaya. Yona, yona means like womb. Dukkha yonaya he says about the senses. So, this is then, as I say, a distorted manifestation of the Sarup Shakti. So, if we associate with that Maya Shakti, then this is what we get. This is all our potential is. If we're to separate ourselves from that influence, but not take advantage of the descent of the Sarup Shakti, maybe little we take advantage, some small way, Bhakti, then we can know Brahma, we can have permanent existence and uh, knowledge of Brahman and the joy of Brahman. But taking advantage of, of the grace fully, Bhakti Devi, then we can participate in the Leela. So we're not entirely nothing without association, but in Gaudiya Vaishnavism it's considered like worse than nothing. Therefore, Prabhupada says things like Kaivalya, Narakayate, you'd be better off in hell than to just be yourself, independent of the influence of Sarup Shakti or the influence of the Maya Shakti. That's like no man's land. It may sound good in one sense in relation to the condition of Maya Shakti, but if it's at the cost of one's highest prospect and potential, then from that vantage point it seems like a great loss. So the idea is this is to come in touch with the flow of this Surup Shakti. That is Bhakti. Bhakti is a manifestation of the Surup Shakti. Very generous. Overlooking our fault. We only ha- not only have faults materially, we have faulty equipment that we're relying on to get a reading of life and, and to pursue life's purpose, to be happy. The instruments are faulty. The currency is counterfeit. There's no purchasing power for real estate in a land beyond death to find a happy home. We're defective in this way, but we go further. We're defective in terms of our nature as a unit of consciousness in that we're small in size and prone to this condition. So this, this requires some thinking. Then you put your hands up like this. Hare Krishna, I'm defective. I need help. But the generosity of the Sarup Shakti is it overlooks that, you see. This is the love of Krishna. Sarup Shakti means the love of Krishna. That Sarup Shakti is inside of Krishna. Like sweetness is inside of sugar. But sugar can't taste itself. So this sweet Krishna manifests himself as the Sarup Shakti. The one becomes two. Krishna becomes Radha Krishna. And the tasting begins then. So Radha is, is non-different from Krishna. And that Sarup Shakti that she presides over and body, she, she's inherent within him. But for Leela and for tasting that, these are, of course aren't moments in time, but we're limited by language to, to speak about. It. One becomes two. And in Prabhupada's language, the, the one eternal one eternally becomes two and the, and the two eternally become one. That's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to teach this. This is a Chintya Veda Veda. That's what it is. Radha and Krishna are one and different. That means the Sarup Shakti of Krishna and Krishna are one. So Krishna is not going outside of himself for happiness. He's staying inside of himself. And when he puts his Sarup Shakti in the heart of the Jeev, then he, then he starts having a relationship with the Jeev at that time. Prior to that, then we're under the jurisdiction of Paramatma, the oversoul of the world, the Mahabishnu. 
or the Garvayaksha Vishnu, the Shivadaksha Vishnu. They're all, it's all manifestations of Paramatma. Who under that jurisdiction? Come out from that, and as I said, it's shoo him out of the heart, Paramatma. Out, out, out. Get out. And Radha and Krishna come in the heart. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu come in the heart. This, he's displaced. Therefore, the Guru is more important than the Paramatma. Why? Because he's representing Brajananda and Krishna in our Gauri Vaishnava Guru Parampara. Not the Paramatma. His business is shoo the Paramatma away. Get out, out. Displace him. <laughs> So this, so it said that Krishna is Atmaram, it means he takes pleasure in himself. So the Srup Shakti is his self, you see. The Maya Shakti is like outside. Of course, it's all inside, all coming from Krishna, that's another thing, but it's his separated energy. And the Jeev, Tatas Shakti. The Maya Shakti, if the Srup Shakti is its a, gives its association to Maya Shakti, will the Maya Shakti become in the Leela? No, it's a distorted form. But the, the Jeev has that potential because it's likeness to the Swarup Shakti, being consciousness. It has a likeness, so it has that potential, because that's a world of consciousness. So when he puts that Swarup Shakti in the heart, when it manifests, this is called Bhav, Bhav Bhakti. This is the perfection of Sadhana Bhakti. Sudasatva Visheshatma, Prema Suryamsu, Samyabhak. Like an Angsu, like uh, of Prem, Angsu of Prem, a ray of the sun of Prem comes in the heart. This is Bhav. And what is it? Sudha Sattva Visheshatma. What is Sudha Sattva? Sudha Sattva means pure existence. So on the plane of pure existence, that means Sandini Shakti, this Leela is enacted. And what then? Uh, Sudha Sattva Visheshatma. Visheshatma means like a, like a particular combination of this Sudha Sattva. So what is that combination? Sudha Sattva means the spiritual world. It means the ground of being that the Leela manifests out of. This is Sandini Shakti. The particular combination, it's not a particular combination of Sandini Shakti, but of, of Samvit and Hladini. A particular kind of knowing. I know Krishna like this as my friend. I know Krishna like this as my dependent, my son. I know Krishna as my lover. And a corresponding development of ecstasy. So this is what the self is in its highest potential is like constituted of. So when this comes in the heart, then this is cultivated. Now on the ground of Sattva, a particular combination of Sambit and Hladini manifest in the Jeev. And, and this is the this is like the the Surup Shakti's generosity. It's overlooking your defect. You're defective. In other words, you're, you're defective. The Jeev Shakti cannot have a part there without the generosity of the Shakti, it overlooks our fault and, and enables us to t- take a part there. And then we become consumed by that. It becomes our self. That's like you are that's like if you go into a you know, you go into a clothes store and the guy says, you know, you're looking for a nice suit or something or a nice dress and you're looking at this one or that one and then the guy in the store comes up and says, Hey, I got just what you're looking for. He's got a vision to see. He see he sees you. This is his business. He knows. Hmm. I got just a thing for you from over here. He pulls out a particular suit. He says, I'm going to put this on. Now here, put this tie on. Put these shoes on. Now you take, take a look. Look at him. Is that you? <laughs> That's you. <laughs> That's all you can be. <laughs> huh? What do you think? 
And then he goes, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a little like that, you know. And even maybe, you know, he might have some suggestion as he starts to see himself. He might think, well, maybe, maybe yeah, that's that's nice. And could I add this? Sure, you, you feel like that? like that? What do you think? Let's put it, let's put it this, uh, you know, handkerchief in, in the pocket. Yeah. See. Now, what's next? You see, as you do sadhana bhakti and as you develop, this is going to come out. This potential is going to start to be realized. In Ruchi, some beginning, something coming from that side, some shadow of that, and asakti, then it manifests. Mahaprabhu, he said, we take the Paramatma out of his heart, and Nanda Tanuja came in. Ainanda Tanuja, Kinkaram. So then, as that matures, this asakti, Ruchi is attachment to bhakti, asakti is attachment to the object of bhakti. When that matures, then Bhakti. So when this is happening, this is coming out, then a good guide will be helpful. You say, concentrate on this, sing these songs, read these sections of the scripture. He'll help us. He doesn't make it up and give it to you. And then you go to the other guy and he makes it up, a different one, and the other guy makes a different one. And they're all telling you, get your sarup here. Hmm? <laughs> no, you get it here. <laughs> you get it in your heart by cultivating bhakti. He doesn't manufacture it. So he may give some guidance. And in different systems, different lineages may be a little, little, little different in this regard, how they apply themselves. And this is our system. As it starts to manifest, then a good teacher can see and help us and, and, and guide us. He's a servant of that. Just like he's a servant of your faith that manifests. He's a servant. He's not the owner of that. And making a, making a lineage, you got you come here, you get it here. You can't get it any, and you can't go anywhere else. And these things can be abused, of course. Is my point. Enough of that. We we've heard about that kind of thing. This is our system. And then what happens? So so the the suit is like okay, that's it. You see, I can be. That's great. What's next? It's okay. Now pay for that. <laughs> you have to pay for that now. So something coming, but you have to pay. So so much, so, even in bhav bhakti. Then, in bhav bhakti, it's not over. Bhav bhakti is a kind of sadhana, and it's part sadhana and part prem. It's a world unto itself. It's a, it's unto itself. It's it, they're distinct. Sadhana bhakti, bhav bhakti, prem bhakti. They're distinct in one sense. Different stages of maturation. But in bhav bhakti, the practice is to cultivate bhav. If you don't have bhav, how will you cultivate it? You cultivate, therefore, and what is bhav? Bhav is longing. Lolasa is longing. So if you don't have that, what do you do? Then you do sharanagati, dainyam. So in, in sadhana bhakti, the prayers will be dominated by submission and praying for the, for the power to be submissive, submissive, to do sharanagati. And in bhav bhakti, bhav bhakti is characterized by longing. That practice then is the cultivation of that bhav that is dawning, and it turns. It's because it's a ray of the sun of prem. By cultivating that light, you come into the full light of prem. This is the idea. Then you are functioning in the leela, in that surup, in that that bhav. This is the whole culture. So surup shakti is very generous. She extends herself to us. 
through Guru Parampara. The name is is backed by this. Therefore, Mahaprabhu said, Nam Namakari Bahuda Nijasari Bhushakti, the name of Krishna. He's talking about names that are primary names of God. It means they're fully backed by the Surup Shakti, not names like Paramatma, Brahman, but primary names of God. And Leela, Leela is all governed by that Surup Shakti. Krishna means Brahman with Shakti, and where the Shakti is taking prominence. That Radharani is, you know, everybody, people ask, all right, you say God is the source of everything. Who's the source of God? It's a stupid question, right? It's not an intelligent question, but people ask it. And so mostly people say, well, you know, you can't ask that question. We said God's the source of everything, so you can't ask what's the source of everything then. Don't be stupid. We have another answer. So we say Krishna is the source of everything. I say, who's the source of Krishna? We say Radharani. Who's the source of Radharani? Krishna. (laughs) We got all the answers. See? Even for the unintelligent questions. <laughs> Krishna is, is that one standing next to Radharani. That is Swayam Bhagwan. When Krishna left Rasalila in the um, Gita Govinda, the Spasant Rasalila is described. The, the Rasalila, not the Sardpurnim, but the springtime Rasalila. Hmm. Why is Sardpurnim more important to us, this, this harvest moon? Rasalila that's depicted in Bhagavatam. That's more important to us than the the, uh, Vasant Rasalila. Why? Because in that Lila there are sadhakas also with the siddhas, with Nitya Siddha Gopis. There are sadhakas. So it's showing at that stage how you will enter through Vipralamba. They're in the Lila, manifest in the world. So this is an entry point. But anyway, in Gita Govinda we had the Vasant. Rasalila in the springtime. And there it's described Krishna left the Rasa dance and gopis are looking for him. He's hiding in the bushes. And then he comes out before them as manifesting four arms as Narayan. They're not interested. They pay their obeisances to Narayan and say, have you seen Krishna, God? Show us where, Narayan, where Krishna's gone. Hmm? Now what's the difference between them and Radharani? When Krishna tried to show the four arms to Radharani, he couldn't. He couldn't manifest four arms before her. What does it mean? That he is her love, you see. Swayam Bhagawan, the original, really, source of everything, who is a Hamsarvasya Prabhu, this is the Krishna standing next to Radha. All other Krishnas are partial manifestations of himself. This is, she's seeing everything in him. Let's put it like that. She's seeing everything. Other gopis not even just almost seeing everything, but not everything. He couldn't show four hands. It means she and him are one and different at the same time. Her love is causing him to manifest. And without him, what's the question of her love? So they're inconceivably one and different. This is what is taught in fourth chapter of Adi Lila, Chaitanya Chaitamrita. Very nicely by Krishnas Kaviraj. You should study it. Very insightful. So, who's the source of God? We have the answer. So the devotee's heart, that's where Krishna can be found, more than anywhere else. That's where he is. He says it himself, I'm not in Bhakunta, I'm not in the heart of the yogis, I'm wherever my devotees are singing my name, that means their heart is filled with him. Well, that's why, otherwise, why they sing. 
We may imitate their singing. That's good. Imitation of a good thing can be a good thing. But it is sadhana and it is sadhya. So they're singing in the lila. So this surup shakti, when I'm saying, you ask what is the surup shakti? It's non-different from Krishna and different at the same time. But in a more direct way than the tatasta shakti or the maya shakti. So that is governing all the affairs. It's love of Krishna manifest. So that's our goal. Not Krishna, but love of Krishna. Because without love of Krishna, you won't get Krishna anyway. So if you're trying to get Krishna and not love of Krishna, you won't get him. Like if you try to see Krishna, rather than serve Krishna, you'll never see him. So we're not trying to see Krishna. The teaching is to serve Krishna. That's where he'll be found. So we said this comes through Guru Parampara. So how is it this Srupa Shakti comes? It means, Sakshadharitena. This is the first teaching. What? Guru is representing God. You know, you pay attention here. He's come to you in a particular way right here to, just to deal with you. So this is the manifestation of Krishna that's just custom made for you. You should pay attention there. or all, all attention should be given there. All the scriptures say it. This is like, whoa. I remember Prabhupada first said it, I thought, wow, that's pretty heavy. <laughs> so this is what he is. Wow. I remember when he, in New York, we told I wasn't there, somebody told him that tomorrow there will be initiations. Somebody, what does that mean? Swamiji? It means he must accept the Guru as good as God. And some people said, well, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Others came forward, got initiated. Conception was refined. He was Swamiji. Now he's become as good as God. And so the whole thing, wow, this is serious stuff. He started implementing bhakti yoga. He looked like this and like that. And so then, you know, the, the crowd thinned out in one sense, but it also got bigger. Some people couldn't go that far with it. But now you study Vishwanath's verse, Guru Vastakam, what does he say? He's God, but... However, kintu. Kintu prabhoriya priyavatasya. Now it means what? He's God, but he's a devotee of God. So we take it to mean, see, it's not that big of a thing. You can understand it. He's God, but he's, but he's not God. He's a devotee of God, so it's okay. It's not as big of a thing. It doesn't sound as bad as it might. But actually what he's saying is something more, not less. Kintu prabhoriya priya evatasya. He's dear to Bhagavan. He's God, all the scriptures say. He's directly God, but... He's dear to God. That means he has a bhava. A specific manifestation of Swarup Shakti. And that's more important to us than Krishna. Because that's where Krishna is, you see. That side is more important. That becomes apparent over time. As this Swarup Shakti starts to manifest in the heart of ourselves. Then we see, like Bhaktivinotakura describes, they saw the Guru in a particular way representing a particular bhava, and they followed in that that direction. We're to become one with that love, and that love may contain other flavors of love in it, so they also may develop in that way as well. But it's an ideal situation, of course, is that you have cultivating the same bhava as your guru. But any bhava, if guru has any bhava, then you're in good position. So this surup shakti is, is everything for us, all important. To come in touch with that means to realize your full potential as a, as a living entity.
It means that Paramatma is presiding over the world, and the world is made up of desires, material desires. And what is he doing? He dreamed us up, right? The one became many. And in touch with the Maya Shakti, our situation became problematic. We developed all desires in relation to material nature. So he, he's with us in our heart, sanctioning, witnessing, right? Following us through all different species of life. And that's what he does. He's just like the witness. He's there. So when this worldliness comes out of our heart, how will it come out? By putting Krishna in our heart, right? Our object of worship is not the Paramatma or Mahavishnu. Our object of worship is Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Radha Govinda. So, as the desires come out of our heart, then Krishna is coming in our heart. The, the distance, if you will, between ourselves and Krishna is is being bridged. Not only as the desires come out, but as they come out in the context of cultivating love for Krishna, then this this Sarup Shakti is coming to rule over us rather than the Maya Shakti. So if you're no longer ruled by Maya Shakti, then who's in your heart? Not the Paramatma, who rules over those in that condition. So as you come under the influence of Sarup Shakti, then the Paramatma is no longer in the heart, but Krishna's in the heart, or Ram's in the heart, where you find Hanuman, you know, looking inside his heart. And they open, they see those posters, and he's got Sita Ram. You don't find the four-armed Vishnu in there. That's in his heart. Yam Shama Sundaram. What does it say? Achinta Guna Sarupam. What is it? Premanjana Charita Bhakti Bilochanena Sandasaleva Hridayeshu Yulokayanti. In his heart. What does he see? Under what condition? What does he see? When he has eyes tinged with the salve of love, that means when he's under the influence of Sarup Shakti, not Maya Shakti, then who does he see in his heart? Krishna, Achintyaguna Sarupam, who has inconceivable, wonderful, charming qualities. He's charmed by that. Because this is the prospect that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brings to the world, the opportunity to, to take part in, the, in Krishna Leela. Otherwise, what other avatars, what prospect will they give you? Go to Vaikuntha. Right? But this parampara is giving this opportunity. This kind of expression of Surup Shakti from Goloka. This, this, this is time to sign on. This is, this is a, like once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Makes everything else seem insignificant. This is the avatari, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Not avatar. The whole thing. So you get the whole, the whole full opportunity of uh, of happiness, existence, and knowing comes before you. So this is what we mean. And we dis- displace the Paramatma. Like Mahaprabhu prayed in Shikshastakam, he said, Nadanam Najanam Nasundurim Kavitamba Jagadish Kamaye. He's paying his obeisances to Paramatma. He says, Jagadish, Paramatma, Jagat, the world, Isha, the Lord of the world, he's saying. I don't have any interest in the world anymore. Nadanam, Najanam, Nasundarim, Kavitam Va. None of these things interest me. So, farewell to you. 
I offer my pranam to you. What is my interest? And, and, and this all, what does this all mean? Nadanam, Nadanam, Nasundurim, Babitam. It means Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. It means Sattvagun, Rajagun, Tamaguna, and Moksha, beyond the Gunas. All these things. And what are all these things? What is Sattvaguna? That means the desire for virtue, to be virtuous. And Rajagun, the desire to, the desire to, uh, you know, to be, to maintain myself, to sustain myself. To, that's what Rajagun is about: getting a better job, you know, getting a better house. And, and Tamagun, to pleasure myself uh, through the senses. Then we go back: Ladini, Samvit, Sandini. All corresponding, corresponding with this. So it all starts there, you see, and it all comes down and all through all levels of existence. It filters down. So Mahaprabhu is coming out from these values. People want to be virtuous, they want to be happy, they want to be secure. So they want to be virtuous, sattvagun, for its own sake. They want to be secure, rajagun. They want to be happy in material existence, tamagun. What they don't know is they are a unit of happiness, a unit of virtue, and that their, their, their existence is secure. So they want to be these things. They're trying to become what they are what they already are. <laughs> That's the whole problem. So stop trying to become what you already are and be what you are. Hmm? So these are false values, the pursuit of these things. And then Mahaprabhu says on top of that, moksha also. Not interested. So he says, Nadanam Najanam Nasundarim Kapitam Ba Jagadish Kami Mama Janmani Janmanish Pare. Again, no moksha. Babutat Bhakti Rahaitakitwai. Mama Janmani Janmanish Pare. He used the word Ishware here. But it's not Jagadishwar. Previously he said Jagat Ishwar. That's Paramatma. Presiding over all these false values. Dharma, Artha, Kama. He can give moksha. Now he says, Mama Janmani Janmani Ishware. Not Jagadishware. So who is this Ishwar? Who life after life he wants to serve, he has no other interest. This is his, this is the Ishwar of his life. And what is his life if he doesn't have material desires? If he has no interest in these values, what is his life? Bhavatat Bhakti Rahaitaki. Bhakti is my life. So I'm, the Bhakti, this means that's presiding over my life. This is my aim. And there's a Lord that presides over this. He's in my heart. It's a particular kind of Bhakti is coming. I'm getting a taste now. So the beginning, the budding of my my sarup, I've got a taste for bhakti. It's starting to come out. It will be refined. So, Mama Janmani Janmani Ishwar, this Ishwar is his Pran Ishwar, the Ishwar of his life. And his life is not the material world anymore. And he gives a name, who is he in the next verse? Ay Nanda Tanuja. Nanda Tanuja. Nanda Tanuja. Who is born from the body of Nanda. This is Krishna. This is a completely otherworldly idea. And I'm his kinkar. So the basis of my swarupi thing is seva. And what did Mahaprabhu say? Jivair swarup hoy Krishna nityadas. This is the basic idea. It's starting to manifest. Ainam dhanuja kinkar. Kinkar means servant. I'm the servant of Nanda Tanuja, the son of Nanda Maharaj. So for being attached to bhakti in the previous verse where he said, life after life, I just do bhakti, I'm happy. 
now the, the object of his bhakti he's becoming attached to and is manifesting that in a particular way that corresponds with his bhakti. Again, that bhakti is the source of, of, of Bhagwan. All the forms of Bhagwan correspond with a particular kind of bhakti. He appears in a correspondence with the heart of the devotee, which is ruled now by, by Swarup Shakti. So this is how it's moving. And Paramatma is displaced in this way. As your interest in the realm that he presides over is lost. Okay? He has no part to play. <laughs>